Sometimes sorrow is the door to peace. Sometimes heartache is the gift I need. You're faithful, faithful in all things. In every high, in every low. 
Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Thank you. 
songs sing to you. Sing with us. Sing hallelujah, hallelujah. Let my life song sing to you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let my life song sing. to each and every one of you. Glad that you're here. I got to go to my very first Husker game yesterday. Woohoo! With about 85,713 of my closest friends. A lot of them were wearing red. Some had white. Uh, it was exciting. There was uh, one moment, it was kind of a defensive game for a while, and then all of a sudden Adrian Martinez broke off for like a 75-yard run or maybe 80. It was wow. Everyone stood, everyone cheered. And then when they got the touchdown, it was just like, wow. Then I was thinking about you and me. We get to come together, not at Husker Stadium, right? But we get to come in God's house and celebrate a victory that we know that is eternal, right? That's good news. Because as, quote, football goes, I mean, we know the Packers are going to win today. That's, you know, but the Huskers will see, right, next week against Oklahoma, big game. But we know for certain we have a victory eternally. And we have victories day in and day out because God is with us. So may you hold on to that and don't let that ever go because that is what keeps us going as Christians. I want to welcome our guests here. We're glad you're with us in worship uh, we'd like to get to know you, a couple ways that can happen. One, stop at Next Steps in Family Gathering area. We have a gift for you. Um, you could also, if you're online today, please just say hey or good morning or something. That'll let us know you're with us. And then also, if you would like to text one seat guest to 94,000, that would let us know you're here, and then we can maybe answer some questions you might have. 
um, and that is just a great way for us to get to know you. Secondly, we're, we're going to have prayer time in a little bit, and if you're sitting here or if you're online and you have a prayer request you would like included in worship, uh, a couple ways to do it. Online, just use the comment section, put in your prayer request, we'll get that. You can also text your prayer request to 402-242-5051, and we'll include those in worship. And, you know, let's just say you come back next week and you would like to write it on a piece of paper. We have that out in the family gathering area as well. Thirdly, we have communion. We have communion every week here at 1C because we believe it is an incredible, life-changing gift he gives to his people. We here at 1C believe it is bread and wine or bread and juice, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So if that's your belief, we invite you, in fact, we even encourage you to join us in this celebration, which will take place a little bit later. And we, we serve communion two different ways here at 1C. Number one, we do the continuous communion, which means at the time we'll, we'll let you know that you come forward and you can receive uh, the bread, wine, body, and blood. Or if you'd rather have communion where you're seated, um, you can pick up individual communion set of bread and wine or bread and juice, and you can get that at the fam- in the family gathering area at the kitchen window. And you're saying, well, I came in, what do I do? During the next song, you'd have plenty of time to make your way and get that and come back in and then be ready for communion. And we'll give you some instructions more a little bit later. Last but not least, the announcement about a concert that we have this coming Sunday. And so, this, we believe, you know, when God gives us opportunities to share the Word of God, we, we get to do that. We should do that. And so we have Stars Go Dim that's going to be here with Dan Bremness, right? Is that? And they're going to be here, and it'd be great if you came, but think about people in your circle of influence who would be encouraged and blessed by hearing the Word of God in song. And bring them with you. Bring them with you. Go to our website. You'll find out how to get tickets. You can get tickets at the door as well. And we're going to celebrate God's grace for us. That's it for announcements. May God bless our time together as we worship him.
for the kids message it is time make your way on up front here find a seat on the floor and we are starting a new series this week the greatest show and the greatest show is about the story of P.T. Barnum and his famous circus Barnum and Bailey Circus so you may have noticed the circus theme we have going on and I thought since we're circus is such a big part of this story that I would bring a circus act to you but I didn't want to get hurt. So it's not going to be as dangerous or as exciting as juggling fire or taming lions or a high wire act, but it could be messy because I've got eggs involved. All right? And so what we're going to do is I'm going to take a cup with water in it there, and I'm going to see if I can balance an egg on top of the cup and then, when I yank the cardboard out from underneath the egg, hopefully, it's going to land in the cup of water. So we're going to see. All right? What do you think? I'm going to try. All right. Can I get a drum roll, Genesee? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I know. It's an exciting circus act, isn't it? But wait. It gets better. Two cups. Let me get this egg back out here. You think it's a hard-boiled egg? It's not. So I might really make a mess. I got paper towels just in case. All right. That was a good guess. I thought about hard-boiling the eggs just in case, but I thought, what fun would that be? So let's try it again, this time with two eggs. Make sure I have them on there, nice and secure. Oh, I'm shaking now. I hope I don't knock them over. Oh, thank you, Celeste. All right, are you ready? <laughs> Yay! Woo. All right, huh? Three. <laughs> this cup doesn't have water in it. And I've never tried it with three cups. 
Why not? Let's try it. This is fun. All right. I seriously have not tried this with three. So I don't even know. Maybe the cardboard's not even big enough. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that'll be big enough, won't it? Goodness. I'm going to move the stool just in case I miss. <laughs> Are you going to catch him if I miss? No? Oh, goodness. All right. Three eggs. I hope this works. All right. Ready? Yay! Woo. That's good. I'm glad that worked. <laughs> I'm stopping there. Three, I don't have any more cups, only a couple more eggs. No. All right. Well, anyways, I know that's not the most impressive circus act you've ever seen, but we've got three more weeks, so I'll try to keep stepping it up, make it a little more exciting. But you know what? Today, our theme is you are loved. And boys and girls, you are loved by an amazing, a mighty, a powerful God Actually, the greatest ever. And Romans chapter 8, verse 39 tells us that no power in the sky above or in the, heaven or in the earth below, indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that amazing? That God's love is so big and mighty and powerful that nothing can separate us from God. He is always there to catch us if we feel like we're falling, just like these cups of water caught the eggs. But this is a promise that we can count on even more than my circus acts, all right? God's love will never fail. Nothing will separate us from him, all right? What do you say we pray and thank him for that? And you can repeat after me, Father God, we thank you for your love that is so big and powerful that nothing can separate us from you. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. You can head back to your seats, and if you're going to try this at home, make sure you get permission first, all right? <clears throat> As we continue now, we're going to have Holy Communion in just a moment. One of the things that the Bible encourages all of us to do before we take communion is to examine ourselves. And, and really what that means is to get honest about who we are to God himself. So I'm going to take you on a, a moment of prayer, and I'm going, to, I'm going to confess for all of us that we sin and we need God's grace. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the creator of the heavens and the earth, that you formed and fashioned us, that you placed us on this earth. We also thank you that you have given us specific instructions on how we should live on this earth. But Lord, at a moment like this, it's important that we confess and we admit that we don't always listen to your instruction. We don't always follow your instructions. Uh, all too often we go our own way. We do our own thing. 
And Lord, you call that sin. And we're told in the Bible that sin separates us from you. Thank you that your desire is that we would not be separated from you, but that we would be connected to you. And that only happens because you sent your son, Jesus, to suffer and die and rise again so that we can have forgiveness of our sins and that our relationship with you would be reestablished, renewed. So thank you for all that you did. And now we ask also that you would give us uh, the faith to receive what you want to give us in this very precious meal. The faith to believe that your son is truly present and that we have forgiveness of sins. Our faith is strengthened and we're reminded once again you are with us always. So thank you for your grace for us and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. After he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. As we continue now with the distribution of the Lord's Supper, if you are going to receive communion where you are seated, uh, during the song, we just encourage you, you know, to, to pray and to pray for the faith to receive that uh, gift in a beautiful way. And then just open those up and, and receive it whenever you're ready. If you're going to come up for continuous dis distribution, as the song is being played, as the Lord so moves, you come forward. And if you come forward and if you are wanting gluten-free, let us know. We have gluten-free option. Also, if you'd rather have juice, let us know that as well, and we will serve you that. May God bless our time together as we celebrate his grace for us. Amen.
is victory in my Savior's loss. In the crimson flowing from the cross, pour over me, pour over me. Yeah. Oh, let this be where I die, my Lord, with Thee, crucified. Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Lord Jesus, we are so very, very grateful for a pause in the service to bring our prayers to you. It is a privilege. And thank you for making it possible that we can bring 
what's in our hearts and minds before the throne of grace. So in your mercy, hear our prayers. Jesus, we ask that you continue to give Nancy strength and guide the doctors in her treatment. We ask for your mighty and complete hand of healing, Jesus. Remove the cancer that is in her and restore her to full health. A prayer for Travis that he finds his way. Guide him and lead him, for you know the plans you have in store for him. This is the 20th anniversary of the attack on the Twin Towers, and many are suffering from PTSD. Lord, provide your strength and comfort to each and every one. Prayers again for the families who lost loved ones in the 9-11 attacks. Prayers for health and healing for my family members who are suffering from various illnesses and diseases. And Lord, a prayer of thanks for a husband who is our rock. I pray that he gives you his burdens and worries and finds comfort in knowing that you are always near to guide him. A prayer for families of Norm McCarthy, his wife passed away on Friday morning. Prayers of peace and consolation for this family. For a dear friend in rehab, that she be able to experience complete, deep healing and freedom by the power of the Spirit of the risen Lord. For a mother-in-law needing healing and deep reconciliation with each of her own children. A prayer for me and my fiance that we can find a place to live, either here or in David City. Lord, a prayer for Lydia and Nathan. May they find unity in their marriage and in their walk with you. And a prayer for Don to continue his journey toward God. Lord, please watch over me and my baby's health over the next couple of months while I finish out my third trimester and continue to strengthen my relationship with you as I bring new life into this world. And so, Lord, you have heard each and every one. We are grateful. You understand what is in these prayers, and you know precisely how to answer each one. So we conclude our time of prayer this morning by saying together as your church that prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, right? I don't know if you've ever been to a circus, a carnival, or something like that, but there is a sense of excitement. Um, everything from what you're going to see to hear, the smells. Uh, how many of you have ever gone to a circus? Sometimes you think your life is a circus, right? 
but let's just say you've gone to a circus. But what I want to do is, is take you back in time about 150 years ago. And I want to take you to rural Nebraska. The circus is coming to town. And if you just picture, maybe let's have that picture up there if I could. First picture, please. All right, just picture. There's a youngster and a, and a family, and they're, uh, they know that something's going to happen. Their, their rhythm usually is chores in the morning, school, chores in the afternoon. I mean, it just is kind of that rhythm. But one time a year, one time a year, the circus comes into town. And you just have this. As the days count down, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And maybe you even get to take a look at the train coming in, and you get to see all the circus wagons that are put on the train, and maybe you even get a glimpse of the animals that are going to be part of this incredible show that's going to take place. And, and, and you're just all jazzed. You get to see it. Or you get to the, the circus, and I remember when I was a kid, popcorn, cotton candy, um, they used to sell all these little light things that you would buy that you could hold up and during it, you know, you just get all into that. Or carnival games, you know, the, the barkers kind of saying, come on up here and try your luck. And, and then you finally get to the moment where you're going to go to the big top. It's the biggest tent you've ever seen. And you walk in, you see all these seats and you see the trapeze, you see all the stuff that's going to take place, and your excitement just, you thought it was already high, now it's going off the chart. This is going to be something else. Now, if we go back in time and we think of P.T. Barnum, 150 years ago, had a, had a dream. And he wanted to provide some kind of entertainment that would just engage the senses of people. And... And so a museum was one thing, but having live animals and live people and different things like that is, is what he started thinking about. And so he assembled a group, what the world would consider to be maybe misfits, maybe people that would be cast out of the normal social structure or system, people that just didn't fit in with the world. And the world treated him that way. And if you, if you saw the movie from, what, four years ago, I mean, they're the bearded woman, the really tall person, the really big person, the, the twins, I mean, all the different, uh, different characters. And then you had little Tom Thumb, right? And the world would treat him like they don't belong, but P.T. Barnum saw something in them. And it was pretty neat. And I, I'll have to admit, when I first saw the movie... Kristen attests to this. There's very few movies that I'll stay awake for. And I think I fell asleep. Recently, after somebody was telling me about how this would be a really great movie to have some illustrations that have biblical teachings to it, I looked at it and I thought, wow, it is. There's lots of important things. And so we're going to do that. But I want you to also understand that, quote, the greatest show on earth is no longer. Right? COVID has done its thing, but even before that, the, the, the circus world and all of that, it was kind of waning. Why is that? Anybody want to guess? Competition. 
even when I was, we'll just say in the 60s, I'd go to like a carnival. When I got to the 70s, wrestling. Nothing like going to the Milwaukee Arena and watching wrestling matches. And there'd be like 10,000 people in there, and all the excitement that was at the carnival was now here. And then ever since then, how many opportunities do we have for the greatest show on earth? And maybe for you it's music, maybe for somebody else it's theater. I mean, all sorts of things that are out there. But I want to bring you back to what I believe that it was and is still the greatest show on earth. And it's this idea and this, this concept that God loves the world. 2,000 years ago, about when God looked at the world and saw the brokenness and the sin, he decided to step into the world and make a difference in a way that no one else could. So Jesus came and was born as a babe in Bethlehem. He grew up and lived a perfect life. At around age 33 or so, he made his way into Jerusalem. And then he ultimately made his way onto a cross. And then he was placed into a tomb. And then he rose again from the dead. But in the story and the life of Christ, we see four very important biblical truths that I want to talk about for the next four weeks. And here are the four. Number one, you are loved. No matter what the world wants to say to you, what God has to say to you is more important, and you are loved. But then we're also going to be looking at the idea of you are forgiven. And that rhythm that we did earlier, admitting, confessing, seeing that we're sinful, is really important as we get to this idea of forgiveness. We'll talk about you have purpose, and then you belong. That's you and me, all of us. Well, let me go back two years ago. I remember the service was over, and I was sitting talking to some people, and two, two, two gals get up on the stage, and they're going to practice a song for State Fair. And I just sat there and I listened, and I was just like blessed by it. It was really cool. And it, they sang a song, like, it was called Million Dreams, and I, because I slept during the movie the first time, I didn't know it was part of the greatest, you know. So I listened. And I was moved here because the storyline, I think, is very similar to the greatest show on earth, God's desire for you and me to have a house, a heavenly house for eternity. So I'd like for you to be blessed and listen as Ellery and Lily share with us in song, and then we're, I'm going to come back and do part two of the sermon.
the challenge, I'll just tell you, when you use an illustration, we'll just say P.T. Barnum and The Greatest Show, and we're trying to make some kind of moment or connection with the infinite God of the universe, it's always going to fall short. So it's not going to be perfect, so whatever. I just want you to capture the heartbeat of God. And we're going to do that, especially as we look at this, this first idea of this concept of you are loved. One of the things that I experience as a pastor and as a counselor is people that sit in my office so often, more often than I can even count, people live their lives by what they hear other people say. Let me say that again because I think sometimes I don't even realize how much that is. So often, people like you and me, we live our lives 
based on what other people say about us. And I can't emphasize enough. One of the things that we need to do more than anything, um, I used to use the analogy or metaphor of all these little cassette players up on the head. Well, that's so out of date now. That's so 80s, right? Now, let's just, we'll just say MP3 players up in our head. We have all these voices telling us who we are. We need to turn those down. Turn them off if you can. And turn up, what, what is it that God says about you? When he thinks about you and me, what's on his mind, what's on his heart, and what is he speaking to you and to me today? And this first week, we're going to talk about what he has to say about you and me being loved. So we're going to look at scripture just briefly. We're going to look at some passages where we see God pouring himself in to his creation, which is you and me. I want to bring you back to the first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Uh, this, is the, this is the crowning moment. Genesis 1.27, he created everything else, now he gets to this. He says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. In bold, you see the words, in the image of God. Do you know, um, what is the greatest form of flattery? Imitation. So think of that in light of God saying, all right, I'm going to make humanity. But I'm not going to do it like I did with anything else. Instead, I'm going to make them in my image. That's flattery. God thinks the world of you and me. So much so that he says, I'm going to make them in my image. That's an amazing concept. And just to know that God did that, and that he has even a thought about what he created, we go a little more, uh, four more verses ahead, and we have, and God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. And there we have the words, it was very good. Now, why was it very good? Because God only makes good and very good. That's how he works. So when he made humanity in his image, when he formed and fashioned Adam and then Eve, and he drew this very, very special connection with them, right? Breathing into the nostrils the breath of life. He connected himself with humanity like nothing else. And he wanted them to know especially, you're loved, you're valued. In fact, you are the object of my love. That's what God has to say. And I hope you know that today. I hope you do. But it's so easy to forget because the enemy is out there and saying, you're not loved. Or when something bad happens in your, in your life, the, I could just picture the enemy whispering, where's your God now? If he loves you that much, why is there cancer? If he loves you that much, why are you having a relationship struggle? And the enemy will try to do anything he can to twist and pervert what God wants to say. And so my encouragement for us is to let's listen to what God has to say and let's hold on to it. Because 
there is a battle that is waging. And the battleground is like right here. You know, God is speaking his word of truth that we're loved, but the enemy wants to tell us something different, and we're, we're, um, we're vulnerable to begin with. In fact, Romans 5 tells us, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare to even die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So Paul identifies, there's two words in there I'm going to pull out. He understands the reality. The words ungodly and sinners. Before Christ, without Christ, those are our descriptors. That's what you are and that's what I am without Christ. Ungodly sinners. And then if you follow the train of thought in, in the Bible, it says, well, the wages of, and the wages of sin is death. So because of that, we would be lost forever. And that's, that's a sobering message to have. But then we go to John chapter 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So God did not want the last word or the last thing for us to experience or know is that we're ungodly and that we're sinners and that we're lost. But rather, he says, i got to do something about it. And because of Jesus, you are now my children. Love that. Isn't that a concept? He's our father. He loves us. In fact, there is a Bible verse, and maybe you've heard it. I mean, it comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verse 16. Maybe you've heard it. Recently this week, I, I was watching a pastor, and he was, uh, he was really playing it up big. He says, well, I'm going to quote a scripture. I, I know I'm a pastor. I'm trained. I can do this. But it's probably a scripture that you've heard. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Right? Beautiful scripture, beautiful truth. It summarizes the gospel in the nutshell, as it's called. And when we look at the words, God loved world, right? I mean, you look at those really big words and we're maybe taken in by that, but there is a word that was woven into the middle of all that that sometimes we just blow by. So that word soul. God could have very easily said God loved the world that he gave his only son. But for some weird reason, he wanted the word so in there to emphasize the kind of love he has. And uh, in my studies, I, I came across uh, an analogy and a metaphor for the kind of love that God has. It's kind of like a groupie. Anybody know what a groupie is? Anybody here a groupie? Come on. Do you have any posters up on your wall? Just think about it. It's a fanatic. And for those of us that are old enough, we'll go back to Elvis. There were groupies for Elvis, right? They, you just couldn't get enough of them. And then there was some guy named Michael, um, what was his name? Who? Michael Jackson. I would moonwalk for you and I would amaze you, but I'm not going to today. But there were people that were just like gaga over, well, and then there's Lady Gaga. 
And so people are there. But here's what happens when you're a groupie and you're a fanatic. You can't get enough of that person. You, you have pictures of them. You go to every single concert or event that they, you can get your hands on. You might even have posters up on your wall. And then you do this thing called daydreaming. I might even marry that person. <laughs> you go there. Now, Kristen, I don't know if any of our kids had any of these moments, or maybe we should talk. Did you have any of those moments? <laughs> okay, good. Other than me, right? Yeah, right. But just picture one of my girls, and I'm trying to think who was like cool back Backstreet Boys, I don't know. I mean, they've been doing it for a while. But let's just say there's somebody out there that they were really kind of crazy about. And they're even dreaming that they could have life with them forever. Sitting them down and having a really good conversation with them, saying, you know what? Justin Bieber doesn't even know you. I mean, it's like, whoa, whoa, wow. So get real. Now I want to bring it into the realm. We have a God who is, quote, gaga over us. He loves us so much that he is obsessed with us, that he's going to do everything he can to be with us. I mean, sometimes, I mean, do you think God realizes that some people are not going to reciprocate that he's going to love them so much and be obsessed with them and be a f fanatic for them that they may not even love him back in return? Do you think he knows that? Yeah, he does. And he still loves. Isn't that wild? I hope you know that. I hope that's a thought that you have when you go to bed and when you wake up in the morning. That God so loves you that he gave his only son. He pulled out all stops so that we can be with him forever and ever and ever. I, ho I hope you know that. I hope that gives you a certain sense of peace and comfort like nothing else can. And that really is the greatest show, right? He has shown his love to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But I also want to impress on you, he loved you for a purpose. So that we would be with him forever, but that other people would be with him forever. So we take the love that he's given to us and we start sharing it. Maybe it's even like, you know, bringing someone to the circus. This is so good. This is so great. This is so fantastic. you got to see it. You bring them. That is this thing called life that we have until we take our last breath. So my prayer for you, for me, as we can keep this journey and this four-week series going on, take these words personally. You are loved. And then share these words personally to people. Family, friends, neighbors, co-workers, enemies, you name it, they need to hear this message because there's a battle going on. And we have Christ who has overcome everything.
Amen? All right, let's stand. We're going to profess our faith. We're going to do so in a way that says to the entire world what we believe about God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, about who He is and what He's done for people like us. So, if I can have the Apostles' Creed up there, let's share this together out loud. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Receive now the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace now and forever. Amen.
His favor be upon you and a thousand generations in your family and your children and their children and their children may His presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you He is with you He is with you Put off 